Welcome to Dave's Daily Crypto Take. Today is Wednesday, September 8th, 2021. Let's take a look at today's charts. At number one, we got BTC at $47,004, down 10.58%. Wow, it's been taking a U-turn. At number two, Ethereum, $3,484, down 10.78%. Number three, Cardano, $2.53, down 10.19%. Binance coin number four, $419.55, down 15.68%. Tether at number five, $1. Uh, XRP number six, $1.14, down 17.08%. Solana at number seven, $176.73, up 2.7%. Dogecoin at number eight, 26 cents, down 14.51%. USD coin number nine, $1. Polkadot at number 10, $20.40, down 16.52%. Crazy. Everything's been red so far. Let's take a look at the crypto fear and greed index. Extreme fear can be a sign that investors are too worried. That could be a buying opportunity. And when investors are getting too greedy, that means the market is due for a correction. So we are now at neutral, 47. Yesterday was extreme greed at 79 Last week was greed at 71, and last month was greed at 65. So yeah, today is a good one. Let's take a look at the five articles. Article one, how blockchain is changing advertising. Article two, El Salvador's Bitcoin gamble is off to a rocky start. Yeah. Article three, teen artists are making millions on NFTs. How are they doing it? Article four, Bitcoin, Ethereum, and crypto prices tanked again. And here are two reasons why. And the last one, the main topic for today is Kim Kardashian, marketing genius or crypto cash out? Kim K, altcoin, ad getting unwanted attention from UK. So uh, before we start the articles, I just want to say thank you so much to everyone that's been listening in. If you're on the podcast realm, uh, you can catch me on Apple, Spotify, or Google Podcast. And if you're in the YouTube space and watching the videos, please like, share, and subscribe. Uh, it does help the channel out. And again, please remember, these are all unbiased news. So you'll see news that are pro-crypto and some that are uh, against crypto. So again, do your due diligence and take every account and research, 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 because you don't want to be left out in the dust. All right. Uh, let's take a look at article one, how blockchain is changing advertising. The world for digital advertising continues to change around us as marketers look for ways to get their ads in front of their target audience and increase conversions. Consumers are demanding more effort be made to secure their data and privacy. By using everything from ad blockers to stop unwanted banner ads from following them across the internet every time they express interest in something to demanding more transparency about the type of data being collected while they're browsing. Consumers are trying to take back control of their online experience. Regarding how brands use their data for marketing and advertising, according to recent data from Merkle regist registration required, while many believe there are benefits, 44% of consumers believe that some ads can be invasive and 23% are unwilling to share their personal information no matter the benefit. So where do advertisers and consumers go from here? Well, some think the answers may lie in blockchain technology. So how advertisers can benefit from blockchain. Uh, 
Blockchain is at its core of a distributed digital ledger technology that promotes decentralization and provides security and transparency. Once a digital record is placed on the blockchain, it is immutable, meaning that those with access can view the transactions but can't alter them. Since a blockchain stores information and records transactions as they happen in real time, advertisers can leverage it to keep track of ad spend. Ultimately, this can provide a level of transparency that current methods can't replicate. If the industry were to pivot and leverage blockchain technology, it would enable more seamless transparency in who is purchasing inventory, who is bidding on it, and when and what price at the speed of which media is purchased and sold, says Paul Roberts, CEO and founder of New York-based New York Kubient. The transparency doesn't only help determine who is purchasing what, it also helps alleviate some of the challenges associated with forgery. According to Flynn, Zeiger, CEO of New Orleans, LA-based online optimism, there will no longer be such a thing as forging impressions or engagements since user metrics on the blockchain will have been confirmed. Transparency isn't the only benefit, however. As Roberts explained, speed is critical in the advertising industry as ads are bought and sold quite quickly. This makes it complicated to track inventory and ensure high-quality inventory. Fortunately, blockchain technology can keep up with the pace. So potential use cases in digital advertising. Well, we've covered the benefits of blockchain technology and how advertisers can leverage the ledger's transparency, speed, and security, but some specific use cases can be applied. One, tracking digital marketing campaigns. Companies that choose to leverage blockchain technology may find themselves at the forefront of innovation. Blockchain technology provides a next step toward better tracking of digital campaigns, added Zyger. Eventually, this could lead to campaigns being tracked from impression to conversion. Even as when we begin to move away from cookies, unlike current tracking methods, which Zyger explains, rely on platforms, proprietary technology, and a black box of data that we can't see within. Mike Dragon, COO of Austin, Texas-based Oviet, provided other potential use cases that might not seem immediately apparent. Two, solving privacy issues. The internet service providers and web browsers may of many of us use today have access to lots of data, from browsing history to bank account information. However, as Dragon points out, blockchain's verified signatures can assist digital marketers in keeping their clients' data on their own servers, rather than on servers administered by third-party applications. This can help users to maintain their anonymity and improve privacy while on the internet. Three, rewarding users. One of the hallmarks of blockchain technology is tokenization, where assets are converted into a token on the blockchain. As Dragon explains, ads can be challenging for both users and advertisers. For advertisers, ads can be costly and difficult to control, while many users may find them intrusive. With blockchain, users can choose which advertising they want to see and are rewarded in tokens for doing so in this type of browser. As an example of a blockchain-based browser is the Brave browser, which blocks ads and web trackers by default. Users can also opt to receive Brave rewards by choosing the ads they want to see. Four, click fraud. Another challenge in the advertising space is the ad clicks made by bots can end up costing advertisers a lot of money. 
Given the price of ads when targeting competitive keywords, advertisers want to avoid wasting any of their budgets. Click fraud can be prevented by using blockchain-based decentralized servers to monitor activity on digital adverts, explained Dragon. So final thoughts, blockchain technology has the potential to revolutionize online advertising. The transparency it offers can provide greater accountability for advertisers, publishers, brands, and consumers alike, and lead to other potential use cases that benefit the industry for years to come. So there you guys have it, how blockchain is changing advertising. Comment down below if you are tired of seeing these banner ads in your browser, and let me know if you actually use the Brave Browser app. All right, Article 2. El Salvador's Bitcoin gamble is off to a rocky start. Enthusiasm, fear, and light shows Usher El Salvador into the age of Bitcoin. As El Salvador enters its Bitcoin era, its sky will sparkle with the lights of a platoon of drones. We are throwing in an event, says American cryptocurrency evangelist Brock Pierce. They did a big one at Burning Man in the past. They did one during the Super Bowl. So we bought down the best drone crew in the world, and we're going to be putting on a quite a show in the sky. A former child actor and current tech investor and notorious burner in June, Pierce led a delegation of crypto entrepreneurs to the Latin American country following President Nayib Bukele's announcement that El Salvador would adopt Bitcoin as its legal tender. In addition to the U.S. dollar starting on September 7, 2021, since then, Pierce has been in touch with government officials in El Salvador. I just got off the phone with the president's brother, he says, and with business people looking to establish a presence in the country to cater to its novel crypto needs, he is now back in El Salvador to attend the big day. The rate at which they've been able to implement this is rather astounding, he says. Like all things, I'm assuming it's going to be less than perfect at first, but perfection is the enemy of progress. The speed at which Bukele's government has bought about this experiment, kickstarting the country's Bitcoinization just 90 days after the parliament passed a law sanctioning the shift, is indeed eye-popping, to the point that one wonders whether the country and its population would have benefited from a longer lead-up, or at least from more transparency. Crucial details regarding how the adoption of Bitcoin will play out in practice are still unclear or have only been disclosed in recent days. A government regulation issued on August 27 established that El Salvadoran banks will have to offer the exchange of Bitcoin for dollars and vice versa when carried out through a government-backed wallet without charging commissions. The regulation also requires that all companies providing Bitcoin-related services register with a government body and adopt anti-money laundering measures. It is still not clear what the penalties would be for failing to do so. This was done a week and a half before September 7, says Mario Aguiles, chief sales officer of Ibex Mercado, a Guatemalan firm that sells Bitcoin exchange and payment solutions, which also operates in El Salvador. You really have to ask whether the government is ready. It's a mixed bag. There is also a dearth of information about the government's own Bitcoin wallet called Chivo. It's known that it will work in concert with 200 Chivo ATM machines where users would be able to exchange their Bitcoin for cash, free of commissions, 
a recent Economist story reports a 5% fee being charged when converting dollars into Bitcoins, although the publication must have used a third-party wallet. And that each Chiva wallet will come complete with $30 worth of Bitcoin as a government freebie. What we do not know is who exactly has developed the wallet or the ATM machines and what technology will underpin it. According to Chris Hunter, co-founder of Bitcoin from Galloy, such plans are changing almost hour by hour, Hunter, which whose Bitcoin payment service in Salvadoran coastal village of El Zante reported inspired by the nationwide project, says that the situation was still very fluid as of early September. As recently as last week, he was convinced that Shiva would not be able to use the Lightning Network, a system that dramatically speeds up Bitcoin transactions, which would otherwise take several minutes to be confirmed. Now, it seems pretty clear to me. If you ask me to make a wager that it will be enabled as of Tuesday, Hunter says, El Salvador's government did not reply to a request for comment. Whether the government is guilty of improvisation and obfuscation, or this is just a byproduct of moving fast, is hard to tell. Hunter says that the government has done probably about as good of a job as any could have done within the given the 90-day timeframe. Esteban de la Peña Padilla, a founding partner at Ibex Mercado, describes El Salvador as ready for the launch as Latin Americans can be for this. But something about the government's communication of its flagship project has fallen short. It is not only global financial institutions like the International Monetary Fund who have lambasted the project. In fact, all polls find that a considerable majority of Salvadorans do not support the project. One survey by the Central American University found that 70% opposed it. Trade unions and civil society organizations have also thundered against the risks associated with the Bitcoin's volatility and its potential exploitation for money laundering purposes. The obligation enshrined in law that all economic agents accept bit payments in Bitcoin, despite Bukele's repeated assurance that Bitcoin usage will be optional, is regarded as particularly worrying. And although only a few hundred people have taken to the streets to protest against the move, polls and international news reports paint a picture of a country rife with skepticism. Pierce is dismissive of the streets' protests which he describes as orchestrated by Bukele's political opponents, but concedes that the whole country will have to undergo a process of education. The entire population is not fully up to speed on what Bitcoin is and how to use it and how it's going to benefit them, he says. Bukele's critics depict the whole enterprise as a baffling, costly experiment whose immediate benefits for the citizenry are not apparent. Ricardo Castaneda, an El Salvador-based economist with the Guatemalan Research Institute ICEFI highlights how the government has not carried out or published a single technical report assessing the pros and cons of Bitcoinization. He says that in a country where only about a third of the population have access to the internet and some regions even lack electricity, pouring public money into a project to replace hard cash with cryptocurrency is foolhardy. So far, the government has earmarked over $203 million for the implementation of the law, $30 million of which will fund the Shivo handouts. Even someone who doesn't want to use Bitcoin, say a woman who lives in a rural area and has no smartphone, her taxes will end up subsiding, subsidizing this measure, Castaneda says. I liken this initiative to jumping from a plane with no parachute. 
It is possible you might survive and be celebrated as a hero. More likely, things will not work out. The big question looming over this project is why on earth Bukele, a politician who enjoys stratospheric levels of popular support, usually over 80%, decided to embark on such a controversial endeavor. The government's rationale is that Bitcoin would allow for quicker and cheaper medicines from the Salvadoran diaspora, which account for around $6 billion, or one-fifth of the country's GDP every year. Another projected uh, upside of the shift to Bitcoin is that it would attract foreign investment under the form of cryptocurrency entrepreneurs and miners setting up business in the country. A lot of senior people from within this crypto industry are spending a tremendous amount of time in El Salvador, which clearly would not have happened if it were not for the leadership of the president and the legislation and adoption that they're pushing for, Pierce says. The buzz around the launch has indeed triggered a pilgrimage of cryptocurrency hotshots to the country, and specifically to El Zante. Hunter says mentioning industry podcaster Peter McCormack and the Human Rights Foundation's resident crypto fan Alex Gladstein among those who have shown up, but it's still early days to tell whether the PR offensive will have a lasting impact. Eric Grill, the CEO of Chainbytes, a company making Bitcoin ATM machines that relocated production to El Salvador in June, says that so far the company has struggled to get the electronic components it needs to manufacture its products. Bukele had talked up the country's volcanoes as a source of geothermal energy for cheap Bitcoin mining, but the feasibility of doing so has also been called into question. Critics such as Castaneda take a very uncharitable view of the policy. One hypothesis to explain the president's gambit, he says, is that the government contracts to set up the new payment infrastructure will end up lining the pockets of Bukele's cronies. Another way of looking at the Bitcoin law as, as the last of a string of authoritarian uh, broadsides Bukele has fired off in recent months, culminating in last week's decision by El Salvador Supreme Court that Bukele should be able to run for a second term, contrary to the letter of the country's constitution. The courts itself is packed with Bukele allies, following a vote by the Bukele-aligned parliament to dismiss all its previous members. In May 2021, it is not inconceivable that due to the authoritarian lurch, some countries such as the US might impose sanctions on El Salvador. Castaneda says, if that happens, Bitcoin might help circumvent those sanctions. That might sound excessively ominous, but alarming signs are already emerging. On September 1st, Mario Gomez, a computer scientist who has been scathing of uh, El Salvador's Bitcoinization, was briefly arrested at no clear charge. Many interpreted the arrest simply as an act of intimidation against a vocal critic. Tatiana Marroquin, a Salvadoran economist and columnist for the news website Al Haraka, says that the episode should give the international pro-Bitcoin crowd pause for thought about Bukele's true nature. Something very important we are telling Bitcoiners are uh, who, who are enthusiastic about the Bitcoin law is that they should reflect about what kind of government they are really supporting. Maraquin says, this is an authoritarian government that has orchestrated coups, which has negotiated with gangs, which has co-opted the armed forces and the police. It is a very peculiar government. Wow.
What a story. So let me know what you guys think about El Salvador's Bitcoin gamble is off to a rocky start. Do you guys think uh, Nayib Bukele is a smart man? Do you think he is a pioneer in this space where other countries may follow? Or do you think that they're going to use El Salvador's example as a way to say, nah, Bitcoin shouldn't enter your country? So there you guys have it. Uh, let's take a look at article number three. Teen artists are making millions on NFTs. How are they doing it? So Jaden Stipp was watching a Star Wars movie at his afternoon youth group in Tacoma, Washington, last March when the bid started coming in. First, it was a fragment of an Ethereum coin worth about $300 at the time. Then it was more. Eventually, Stipp, who is 15 years old and will soon be starting his sophomore year of high school, sold his artwork, a digital illustration of a waving astronaut-like cartoon figure for 20 ETH. That converted to over $30,000. It was traded a month later for nearly $60,000. My dad was like, no way this is actual money, Stip says. It seems like it's a lot of fake money being passed around. So he took some of the money out just to see what's actual really. And then at the bank, I was like, whoa. Stip had been making and selling logo designs for customers found on the social app Discord for $20 to $70. On a whim, he made his astronaut cartoon into an NFT, non-fungible token put it up for auction, and became a blue-chip artist overnight. He's since sold four more pieces and cashed out enough to help his parents pay off their house and cars. The rest, he invests in the early works of other young artists who are bypassing the traditional art market to find a stable of eager buyers in the world of crypto art on the blockchain. NFTs like Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies have been subject to bouts of volatility since hitting the mainstream in the spring. The early bubble in which artists like Beeple sold his work for $69 million has burst, but what remains is a steadily flourishing market for digitally native art and collectible or virtual paraphernalia. One major marketplace called OpenSea, for instance, just surpassed 26,000 users with over $3 billion in sales volume in August alone, a tenfold increase from July. For some of the younger creators in this wild west of art, the wave may not have been crested yet. Noah Davis, head of digital sales at Christie's, is bullish on the future, particularly for the young artists who are flooding the space. They have the keys to the castle, Davis says. It's not a strictly aesthetic game. It's not about the same ideals and goals that fine artists used to have. This is a space that really values community and the identity of the artist behind the project in a way that was not nearly as important before. Recent weeks have seen newer and younger artists thrive. Davis calls it unmitigated insanity, with record prices for projects from crypto-native artists like 12-year-old Benjamin Ahmed and his Weird Whale series. There is a premium for artists who look and feel like they're part of this community and part of this world. Davis says whether or not it's a bubble is beside the point to the buyers who are willing to invest in these NFTs. Buyers whose mindset, Davis says, is that the future is now. One of the first to bid on Jaden Stipp's work was Victor Langlois, another digital artist, himself 18 years old, who goes by the mononym Fuoishis, who has received critical accolades for his colorful, identity-focused work. He has reportedly cashed in over $18 million in the past year on his own NFT sales. When asked about that figure, Though Langlos just laughs and says he has no idea what he's really made. 
Bangalore's STIP and a growing community of crypto artist teens are discovering that their status as digital natives gives them a leg up in that NFT market. We just grew up messing around on social media, watching YouTube videos, or playing video games. So we understand since growing up, trading digital assets in a video game and like working to get things like armor and leveling up, Bangwa says it just translates naturally to NFTs because it's like trading collectibles or trading your art. Plus, the free-for-all uh, experience means that there's no barrier to entry or to investment. The process of minting an NFT goes like this. First, you apply to be featured on a marketplace like Super Rare. It took Stip about a month to be accepted. Then you access a site where you upload the digital file you'd like to list and tokenize it, including payment and paying a minting fee. Since he's a miner, Stip's mom has helped him set up a payment uh, PayPal account and Bitcoin wallet to use for his transactions. Uh, from there, it is about developing hype and connecting with other artists and uh, collectors who bid on each other to boost visibility and sales. Some artists like Weird Whales Ahmed and 12-year-old Nyla Hayes are selling collectible series of thousands of works, taking advantage of computer generation to iterate on a concept. Her series is called Long Necky Ladies. Uh, it's accessible to anybody, anywhere, anytime to meet on the blockchain, Stip says, and you get people to notice your work easier than if you were to be in a traditional gallery or traditional art setting. It means teens can circumvent the stuffer side of art sales and the obstacles that more established gallery processes present. And then they can create a community that's independent of outside arbitrage of uh, taste. Not everyone has bought into this feature. Kat Grafham, an artist and art educator who has been outspoken on Twitter and YouTube about their concerns, warns about the potentially predatory nature of the marketplace and investors. I think that people who stand to gain the most are people like the Winklevoss twins who are already, already mega rich and own an NFT platform. Grafham says the biggest losers are the wide majority of unestablished artists that are attempting to break into NFT sales. Regardless of whether or not it sells, artists pay to mint their work on the blockchain, and the owners of sales platforms inevitably benefit from this influx of NFT art. Ultimately, not everyone's story is as successful as that of Stip or Langlois. The tricky thing about NFT art is that its very existence turns artworks into pure currency a flattening of creative expression that some artists will always chafe at. Valuing art solely based on how much money you make, people really is reductive and detracts from the personal value, the cultural value that art can have. Grafham says, echoing uh, critics of the broader contemporary art net market, other concerns include potential for fraud and art theft, as well as a frequently cited environmental downside. Grafham understands that the art world is particularly enamored with youth. They were just 19 when an online magazine associated with the Sachi Gallery first wrote about them, anointing them as a rising star and providing them with a springboard to their first exhibition. But while Grafham, now 28, applauds artists like Langlois, they remain skeptical of the broader potential. But for Langlois, Stip, and artists like 14-year-old Aaron Besley from North Carolina, the future seems bright and Beastly hasn't even started high school yet. She learned about NFTs in 2017, playing an online game called Crypto Kitties. Think Neopets, but simpler. 
She's been an artist since she was a toddler, taught herself to code in 2019, and now produces generative art, images, and videos made using codes she'd written. Uh, types of generative art have been around for decades, but coded projects like Beastly's um, suit today's digital space particularly well. Most recently, her work, which she lists on the platform Super Rare, the same one that Langlois and Sip have used, is selling for 14 ETH, or about $50,000. She says she's trying to be slow and meticulous about releasing and selling uh, pieces, and has been reinventing in both NFTs and physical art. As for her parents and friends, I think they're very impressed, but don't 100% get the technical stuff. So it's a bit confusing to them, she says, nonchalant. Like Beasley, Stip has been low-key about his digital fame. He just started at a new high school, and other than his best friend who helped him with the sales, he doesn't think anyone knows about his NFT successes. He has also kept to a strategy of more limited one-off releases. The income is just a bonus for him. He didn't even really feel a change when the summer's crash tanked crypto values in June, perhaps sparked by hesitations from Elon Musk. Since then, the markets climbed back to over $2 trillion across exchanges, but remained subject to bouts to uh, major volatility. On September 7, for instance, they dropped about 15%. For teenage NFT artists, the ups and downs are the side, so it's the community that matters most. I feel even more connected than I was back in March, Stip says. Langlois tool is bright even uh, anytime I see someone young, I'm like, yes, I believe in you, he says. And the fact that you even know what it is and you knew how to make something, I want to support you so hard because I don't know what you're going to do in three years. You could invent the future. Something. So what do you guys think about this article? Teen artists are making millions on NFTs. How are they doing it? Uh, comment down below if you've ever researched NFTs or if you think NFTs is just a big bubble and it's going to burst in the next year or so. All right. So uh, before we continue on, I just want to take the break just to say thank you so much for listening in to the Apple, Google, or Spotify podcast. And if you're on the YouTube space videos, again, thank you so much. Uh, I've been getting a lot of love and I've been getting a lot of comments about what they want to hear. So yeah, uh, if you have any questions or if you want to see something or hear something more about please comment down below or send me a message and I'll take a look for the future videos and podcasts. All right, let's keep on going. So uh, article number four, Bitcoin, Ethereum, and crypto prices tanked again. Here are two reasons why. So in brief, three things. One, Bitcoin became legal tender in El Salvador. Two, the price of BTC went down. And three, the price of almost everything went down. Anyone who gets crypto notifications on their phone can tell you that the markets tanked today with 11% and 50% losses from Bitcoin and Ethereum, respectively, and a 13% drop in total crypto market cap in 24 hours per data from CoinGecko. What the notifications don't explain, however, is why they're correcting or even crashing. After all, things have been going swimmingly even Ethereum-based NFTs doing bawful business and Bitcoin becoming legal tender today in El Salvador. That's just it, said Beto Lunde, an analyst with Arcane Research. Such massive stories often lead the market to overemphasize when pricing in the impact, he told Decrypt. This seems to have been the case in this time around as well. 
Okay, so traders betting on future prices got a little bit bullish on June 4th, the day before El Salvador President Nayib Bukele announced he'd be submitting a bill to make Bitcoin legal tender, a bill which was subsequently enacted and went into effect today. BTC was worth $37,000 over the course of three months. It crept up back to $53,000. But when the day finally came, it dipped at uh, not all uncommon occurrence as many traders buy the rumor, sell the news. But that dip was exacerbated by over leveraged positions. On exchange Bybit, for instance, crypto traders can get 100x leverage. That is, if you put in one tenth of a Bitcoin, you can trade 10 Bitcoin. Leverage is fun when prices are going up as it allows speculators without a lot of capital to benefit from bull markets. It's not as fun when markets droop as the downside of leveraged trades is that you get liquidated. The more leverage, the less of a price drop is needed before the exchange grabs your coins to avoid further losses. There goes the 0.1 BTC you put in. When the price started to dip today, it was enough to trigger liquidations of those who were long on Bitcoin. In essence, there was a snowball effect because the drop prompted more people to sell, which triggered more liquidations, which led to more people selling. So that explains the Bitcoin. What about Ethereum and other crypto coins and tokens, though? Said Lunde, I have very hefty and bullish appetite for altcoins in the last month might have contributed to exaggerating the chaos in the market. Zoom out and you'll see it's still been very a good month for altcoins. Cardano, for instance, which will launch smart contracts on its network this weekend, has risen in price 60%, even after taking today's 17% fall into account. XRP is up 34% for the month, despite a 23% decline today. And Binance Coin lost 18% in the last 24 hours, but still managed to add 15% to its price in the last 30 days. All coin traders, too, reckon the price would continue to rise. Before today, open interest in Bitcoin futures was trending upward to its highest level since May. Said Lunde, overall crypto derivatives saw a 32% haircut in open interest following this correction. According to data from Bybit, a future trading platform, $1.5 billion in Bitcoin has been liquidated in the last 24 hours, while $900 million in Ethereum suffered the same fate. Immune from the mayhem, however, has been Solana. The price of Sol continues to set new all-time highs a few times every week. In the top 10 so bright spot, Solana flipped XRP to become the sixth largest crypto by market capitalization. Users have glommed into the smart contract uh, enabled con network to take advantage of lower transaction fees and higher speeds than Ethereum. Though it didn't invent decentralized finance or NFTs, both of which were created for Ethereum, it's ridden demand for both to a 60% rise in the last week and an 8% bump today. So what you should do, check your notifications. What do you guys think about Bitcoin, Ethereum, and crypto prices tanked again? And here are the two reasons why. El Salvador and over-leveraged positions. Comment down below and let me know what you think. If you think we're going to rebound from it or you think it's going to keep on going down. All right. Last but not least, let's take a look at the main topic today. It is Kim Kardashian, marketing genius or crypto cash out? Kim K altcoin and getting unwanted attention from UK. So what is the deal with Ethereum Max? 
A post on a celebrity's Instagram stories back in June is now getting some unwelcome attention from the head of UK's Financial Conduct Authority, Charles Randall. Randall called out Kim Kardashian West, in particular in a speech to the Cambridge International Symposium on Economics Crime as he discussed risks in crypto and needs for token regulation. Here's an excerpt from his speech, which brings me on to Kim Kardashian West, when she was recently paid to ask her 250 million Instagram followers to speculate on crypto tokens by joining the Ethereum Max community. It may have been the financial promotion with the single biggest audience reach in history. Kim Kardashian in her Instagram post says, are you guys into crypto? This is not financial advice, but sharing what my friends just told me about the Ethereum Max token. A few minutes ago, Ethereum Max burned 400 trillion tokens, literally 50% of their admin wallet giving back to the entire Emacs community. So swipe up. The concern is that her ad could have easily been confused with Ethereum. Ethereum Max is a newer token created by unknown developers. More importantly, the price peak to date for the non-Ethereum coin coincided with Kim's Instagram ad going live. She is rumored to receive up to a million dollars or more per Instagram post. Despite the name and the similar look of the logo, it's not affiliated with any of the developers behind the already well-established Ethereum digital currency known as Ether or ETH. Not only that, but her massive payday for boosting the coin coincided with a price crash for the token immediately thereafter, a classic pump and dump scenario. It is unknown if the Emacs founders and her client, or even she herself, double dipped and sold on the bump she and her ad orchestrated, but that along with the potential victims that bought at a high and subsequently were left holding the bag are exactly what the questions are all about. The Financial Conduct Authority, FCA, cautioned against hype in the marketing of cryptocurrencies, particularly new tokens backed by celebrities that may end up being fake as reported in The Guardian. This is where it is the big issue arises since the problem is a fairly common one. Generally, because crypto names are sometimes not copyrighted, and therefore there can be many lookalikes, and these can often be riddled with high risks. The speculative token hasn't officially been deemed a scam. However, it is quite common for social media influencers to get paid large sums of money by the developers of scam products and services, with little regard to those being scammed. And that is to say the general public targeted with the ads or the total amounts of money lost in pump and dump schemes. So what do you guys think of Kim K? Do you think her marketing genius or crypto cash out? The Kim K altcoin ad getting unwanted attention from the UK. Comment down below and let me know what you think about it because do you think these pump and dump uh, scams are giving crypto a bad name or do you think it just goes with the territory? All right, that is it for today. Let's take a look at the prices one more time before we head out. At number one, BTC is at $47,264, Ethereum $3,532, Cardano $2.54, Binance Coin $424.41, Tether $1, XRP $1.14, Solana $178.03, Dogecoin $0.26, USD Coin $1.00. And last but not least, Polkadot, $28.74. So 
there you guys have it. Uh, thank you so much for listening in to the Dave's Daily Crypto Take podcast and YouTube channel. Uh, if you're in the podcast realm, please leave a rating in the Apple, Spotify, or Google. And if you're in the YouTube space, uh, please leave a like, share, and subscribe if you can. Until then, have a great crypto day, and thank you so much. Have a good one. Peace.